My text uh, for today is 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. I want to speak to you today on the legacy of enlargement. This is the big picture. I don't want you to think small. I want you to allow the Holy Spirit to do a stretching in your hearts today. It says, the sons of the prophets came to Elisha and said, see now the place where we dwell with you is too small, too small for us. Please let us go down to the Jordan. Let every man take a beam from there and let us make there a place where we may dwell. And so he answered, go, hallelujah. I've been in full-time ministry now for 33 years and one of the things that I have discovered is that whatever I emphasize over the pulpit, I often see God manifesting because God confirms His Word and reconfirms His Word. If I preach uh, over the subject of healing, say over the four weekends, I tell you this, I know that there will be a spike in the number of healings. If I preach over the next four weekends on the subject of finances, we will see an increase in givings. If we preach uh, over the next four weekends on the blood of Jesus, we're going to see many breakthroughs and people being set free. Whatever subject I focus on, we often see manifesting. But the subject of evangelism is one of those subjects that we've got to constantly emphasize or else people will just fall back into default mode. What is default mode? Indifference, apathy. And the lifestyle of witnessing has to become second nature so that wherever we are, whether we're in a taxi, we're all waiting for the opportunity to witness, to show kindness. When we're in the restaurant, we are thinking, how do I reach out to the waiter, waitress? And sometimes it's not just trying to force the gospel down their throats. We're not lawyers. We don't try to argue with people. We're not trying to present the facts. We're witnesses, hallelujah. We just share what Jesus has done for us. I was on Zoom with a friend of mine just a few days ago. His name is Gordon Pennington, a wonderful Bible teacher. And he said, you know, Pastor Young, I'm an, uh, a coffee aficionado. And I said, I went to the cafe near my place and there was a man that was there and I felt drawn to him. So I went and talked to him. 20 minutes later, he received Jesus Christ as his saviour. One week later, I was in the cafe. I saw another man. I walked up to him. I talked to him about Jesus. He gave his life to Jesus. The next week, I was in the same cafe and I talked to another man. He gave his life to Jesus. This is the 67 week and 67 people have come to salvation. Woo! And I'll tell you this, I was listening to the man and my heart was on fire. And I said, Lord, we can do better here in Cornerstone. Amen. You know, over the past few months, the Lord has been speaking to me and our leadership about the legacy of enlargement. And I stand here and Decree right now in the name of Jesus, increase prosperity and enlargement in Cornerstone. If you're a business owner, I believe God is going to enlarge and bless your business. Amen. If you are in an employer, if you're an employee in a company, God is going to give you a promotion. You know, a man wrote to me this morning, one of our deacons, he said, Pastor, in the last 24 years, I've had 12 promotions. That's one promotion in every two years. Listen, God can do this for you. Amen. He can bless you beyond your wildest imaginations. The wonderful thing is that when God enlarges us, he adds no sorrow to it. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich and does not add any sorrow. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 22. I have also discovered there is no limits to what God can do. Paul tells us that God, our God, is able to give us abundantly, uh, 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 exceedingly abundantly above all things that we can ask for. Four adjectives to drive home the point that there's nothing that God cannot do for you. Amen. So we must develop an unshakable conviction about growth. We need to settle this issue once and for all that growth is God's will for us. Amen. When Jesus said, I will build my church, He literally meant, I will numerically increase my church. Hallelujah. 
When King David ascended to the throne of Israel, did you know that he expanded the boundaries of Israel by over 400% from its original boundaries all the way to the great river Euphrates down to the south border of Egypt? I tell you this, the reason he did that was because he understood that enlargement is the will of God. Hallelujah. And uh, it is God who gives the increase. Amen. I planted, somebody else comes and waters, but our God is the one who gives the increase. Let me just say that Cornerstone is not just a local church. It's not even an international, uh, sorry, a national church. It's a global church. And for us to be a global church with a global influence, we've got to change some of our thinking. Amen. Uh, we have to be a very unselfish people. We have to be willing to make sacrifices that perhaps are not demanded of from other congregations. And we need bifocal lenses, lenses that are both local and global. In other words, we, we plan globally, but we act locally. Amen. At our church camp this year, God gave Chris Berkland, who I, who I estimate as one of the great prophets today in the, in the church. And Chris Berkland gave us a word that God is going to expand us to 22,000 people, but it says it's conditional on us raising a remnant of the friends of the Holy Spirit. Now, I, my assignment, of course, is to find out what it means to be friends of the Holy Spirit and press in. But this number is more than anything we've ever received prophetically and, or conceived. But I tell you this, I stand here today and I believe that that word will come to pass. Amen. God is not a man that He should lie, nor the Son of Man that He should repent. Uh, we have also been given a, a promise, I believe, this at the, uh, over the last few weeks, that God is going to multiply our uh, nations that we are in right now, we're in uh, 28 nations. How many of you can believe God to give us 56 nations? Amen. The doubling of everything that we have, God is able to do that. And if we are going to see that happen, boy, we've got to prepare ourselves to lengthen our cords and strengthen our stakes. Amen. Now this idea of enlargement could be applied to several areas. For instance, in the area of finances. I don't know where you are today in your finances, but I'm telling you this right now, in Jesus' name, God wants to increase that, amen. Uh, it could be manpower in the church, full-time workers, it could be cell leaders when cellmen, or it could be facilities and even the nations. And the most important thing, God needs to strengthen and enlarge our minds and our hearts the way we think, amen. A lot of people think sometimes, you know, if I had more time, I can change. No, sir, that doesn't happen. You change when your thinking changes, amen. The moment your thinking changes, the things around you will have to start being aligned to the life that you, to your thinking, amen. If you have a poverty mentality, you will always be in debt, you'll always be poor. But the moment you change the way you think, it automatically changes the circumstances around you, amen. Now, one of the overarching principles in the Bible, am I going too fast? <laughs> One of the overarching principles in the Bible is given by the Apostle Peter when he says God is, not, is long-suffering, not willing that any should perish. People matter to God, amen? Sometimes people ask me, Pastor, why do we count people in the church? We count people because people count, hallelujah. There were 99 sheep that were in the corral and one was missing. How did the shepherd know one was missing? He counted. In the, book of Reve in the book of Acts, there were 120 in the upper room. How do we know that? Someone counted, my friends. Hallelujah. In fact, and there's a whole book in the Bible called the book of Numbers. Amen. But allow me to say a few things about our need for new facilities. And I want to cast this vision to you because I don't want you to think small about this. Amen. Uh, or else we'll just become apathetic. Sometimes you preach messages that 
touch the hearts of people. But sometimes you need to give the big picture because people need to see there's something more than just their little lives, amen. And corporately, we need to understand that if we don't get some new facilities over the next six months to one year, then this is gonna be a bottleneck. Now, today, Cornerstone has acquired four nightclubs, three pubs, one massage parlor. I don't know of any church in the world that has ever done this. And this is not something for me to gloat over. It is just His grace and calling over our lives. There is an anointing for nightclubs in Cornerstone. Amen. Uh, last week, I met this lady. Her father was the guy who owned Shalala. Now he's gone to be with the Lord. Uh, there was the nightclub just below us. And um, I met her and she said, you know, Pastor, we had decided to sell the nightclub to somebody else. My dad comes in one day, says, I'm giving it to the church. Come on, Shanda. I tell you this, God is a good God, amen. Now, each time we take over a nightclub, it's a huge win for the kingdom, yes? Because all that's associated with nightclubs and KDV lounges, you know, the drunkenness, the prostitution, the fights, the immorality, the drug use, or oh, a lot of drug use, by the way. These are all junky traits of a bad family. And we see, when we see these haunts of darkness transform into houses of prayer, it's a huge win. I think heaven rejoices every time this happens. Each time we purchase a property, there's always opposition, always opposition. Whenever Jesus said, let's cross over to the other side, you can bet that there'll be contradictory and weird storms that will start appearing. It just comes with the territory. And each time a step of faith is taken, you can expect some form of resistance, but you know you're moving in the right direction when the devil demonstrates some element of opposition. Amen? The writer of the Hebrews calls this the enduring the contradiction, come on. One of my responsibilities as the pastor, before I hand over the baton to the next generation, is to ensure that our legacy is solid, hallelujah. You know, I, I think that the greatest need in a person's life is to know that he or she has made a difference in other people's lives, amen? At my age, this is what I'm thinking all about. I'm thinking legacy, legacy, legacy. What am I leaving behind for the next generation? Now, when you're looking at new facilities, four considerations. Number one, it's when you run out of space, in your current facility. That's a logistical problem. That's a push factor. The second one is when you need to step out in faith because you have a preceding word from God for a coming expansion. Amen. The third one is it's when God is moved to answer the cry of the leadership for enlargement. This is the pull factor. And then it's when God loves a place because sacrifices have made, been made at the altar and He wants it redeemed. It's a God thing. There are some places that are just special to God. I can tell you God loves this place. I don't know what, you know, when we first bought this place, we had a fight of our lives. 18 months before we actually agreed to purchase this place, there were so many obstacles. And I would come on a Saturday morning, nobody here, the place was dark, and I would sit right at the altar, and I would just thank the Lord for His goodness, and I just could feel the presence of God in this place. And over the last 25 years, you know how much tears have been poured around the, in this altar. This altar is soaked with tears, literally. We had to mop every service after the meetings. And uh, there's something about a place that God chooses. Amen. So let's examine the first one. What happens when we run out of space? In the sixth chapter of 2 Kings, the sons of the prophets came to Elisha with a request. They said, see now the place we dwell in is too small. Please let us go over to the Jordan. Let us make a place where we may dwell. Now the sons of the prophets was a ministry that was headed by the prophet Elisha who succeeded from his mentor, Elijah the great prophet. 
And Elijah inherited it from another great prophet called Samuel. And so this ministry had now outgrown its facility. The overcrowding was a direct result of God's blessings. And so they went to the prophet to ask permission to build a larger facility. Two things I want you to notice. The initiative did not come from the prophet. It came from the grassroots. They said the place we are in is too small. Number two, the prophet responding by saying, go. Now, I want to just make a statement of this because in the, in the original Greek, in the Hebrew language, uh, Elisha said, go, but I'm not going to go with you. Which is why in the next verse, they implored him. They pleaded with him, consent to come with your servants. And this is the very verse that God gave to us two years ago when we had the whole Jalan Sultan debacle. Those of you who remember that, we had purchased another nightclub. It checked all the boxes. I remember, you know, it's 500 car park lots. It's right in the middle of the city. It's three walking distance, the three subway stations. I mean, it was everything we wanted for a church. I said, this is perfect. We signed the deal. We paid the deposit. And the Holy Spirit said to me, you check every box, but you didn't check my box. And he says, you can go, but I'm not going to go with you. Do you know how much I pleaded with him? God, please come with us, consent to come. He said, no, I will not put my name on a place that I did not choose for you. And I tell you, in that moment, I realized how much jealous God was for us. Woo! I love his jealousy for us. I love his jealousy for this congregation. That he will not put his name on anything that he will not approve. And I tell you this, I made a decision many years ago. I said, God, if your glory is not going to be in a house, I don't care about the house. Amen. If your glory is not going to be in a facility, I don't want to be in that facility. Amen. I cannot have a, me, a place where we are opening this up to every Tom, Dick and Harry and all kinds of spirits. This is a holy place. Hallelujah. Amen. Shakaraba. Lord, thank you. I think this is really important. This is what we show here over the pulpit. You know, some, in some churches, there's all these foot, Saturday night football things and all kinds of things. You're not going to have a football match here in this church. Hallelujah. You want to watch football, you go and watch at home. Amen. This house is a house of prayer for all nations. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm preaching so much better than you responding today. Three, th three observations about this 2 Kings chapter 6 passage. Number one, the God we serve is a God who is more than enough. God is an over-provider. Each time we find a, in, the, in the Bible the Lord providing, it's always overcompensated by His generosity. Uh, when Jesus fed 5,000 people, how many baskets full He had left? Twelve. When He fed the 4,000, how many baskets? Seven, all right? God is extravagant, He's generous, but He's not wasteful, amen. Forty years in the wilderness, the manna came down to feed God's people. And it was always more than enough. They sorted it, they baked it, they fried it, they grilled it, they turned it into cakes, but they never ran out of it. Hallelujah. Genesis 26, we find Isaac digging the wells of his father Abraham. He redug the first well, and the herdsman of Gerah quarreled over it. He called it Isaac because, and he moved away because he didn't want to fight over a well. I tell you this, my friends, if you fight and quarrel over a well, eventually you will lose it. Uh, you know, in Christians, in the Christian circles, I've been hearing of Christians suing Christians. If you're a Christian and you're suing somebody else, woe unto you. Woe unto you. You're a disgrace. You're a shame. I'm telling you this, as in the church here, we must never take another brother to court. Amen. We need to resolve issues in the house. Hallelujah. Paul says, if you take another brother to court, you've already lost your testimony. You've lost your testimony. 
And so we got to be careful. You got to resolve, Lord Jesus, I may be betrayed. I may, someone may rob me. Someone may cheat me. But I will never take anyone to court. You got to resolve that in your heart. A believer, amen. Non-believers, I don't know. Maybe you can. <laughs> but you know, as Christians, we've got to maintain a standard in the church, amen. And some of you here are at the point where, you know, inheritances are going to be given to you. I plead with you, don't fight over the inheritance. If they say, I want to take a bigger share, you can take the bigger share because the inheritance is not my source of blessings. God is. Trust the Lord. Amen. And we're living in a time and a season where we cannot be bickering over all these things. Number two, um, I'm so sorry, I forgot to tell you, the next well he dug, uh, they fought over it, was called Sitna. He left that place. He went to another well and they did not fight over it. He called it Rehoboth, which means spaciousness. And God compensated him for his willingness to walk away from a quarrel. And, but God did not stop there. He gave him a fourth well. It was called Bathsheba. And this was God's over-the-top provision. Hallelujah. He always gives us far more than we actually ask when we always please Him. Amen. The second observation is God is more than able. Three million people in the wilderness uh, 40 years, they never knew a day of lack, not a single day, no outside help, no aid agency, no country to go back to, nothing. All they had was a howling wasteland and a wilderness in front of them and a promise that God was going to take care of them. Think about it for a few moments. The U.S. Quarter General Master says that there will be, they required 1,500 tons of food, 1 million gallons of water, 4,000 tons of firewood, to sustain them for one single day. And Israel was in the wilderness for 40 years. Their garments never wore off. Their sandals never wore off. So please don't tell me that God cannot take care of your little bitty problems. Come on. Amen. It would take the size of Rhode Island just to accommodate their campsite. The children of Israel were the largest, un most undeveloped mass of people that ever existed on the face of the earth. And it was to this people that God says, you who are not a people, I will make a people and I will make a great nation out of you. Amen. The third observation is overcrowding has within itself serious repercussions. Over the past few years, I think we've experienced a shortage of space here in our Katong campus. Our leaders are constantly clamoring for more space. This is the number one problem we're facing currently, a lack of space. I know we've got a bit of a reprieve, reprieve when we took the gen space uh, in Katong Shopping Center. But it takes about 15 to 20 minutes sometimes to come out from the car parks every week, right? You have to queue up to get to the toilets, especially the ladies' toilets. Uh, special events, the, the lines can snake sometimes 100, 200 meters. What is the short-term remedy we can rent? But you know, rents in Singapore are just ridiculous. We are at the mercy of these unscrupulous landlords all the time. So Dr. Calhoun was a research psychologist at the National Institute of Mental Health. And he had this theory that overcrowding took a terrible toll on people. So he did a test on mice. He built a nine by nine square foot cage, started with eight mice. The cage was designed to comfortably, optimally have 160 mice, a mouse, mice. And he allowed the mice to mate and it grew to a maximum population of 2,002 within two and a half years. And after that, it stopped growing. The mice were not deprived of water and, and sunlight and other resources, uh, food. A pleasant temperature was maintained. No disease was present. The cage was just ideal for the mice, except it was overcrowded. And when overcrowding started setting in, 
All kinds of problems started to happen in the colony of mice. They fought, fought one another, they formed cliques. The young became self-indulgent. The males became, withdrew from leadership. And females became very aggressive. Wow. Who Shanda. Uh, in, in five years, every single mouse was dead. And this occurred this, in spite of the fact that all the, there was a plenty of food and the absence of disease. So Dr. Calhoun asked the question, what effects would overcrowding have on humans? Now, I know we're not mice, we're not caged, but this experiment conveys a few observations. Uh, number one, when there's overcrowding, we cease to reproduce ideas, and along with ideas, goals and values and ideals as well. So our values would be lost. Number two, there would be a failure to reproduce. You know, when people bring other people to the church and they see it's so crowded and they're trying to fight to get a seat, they're going to say, next week, I probably won't bring anybody else. And we're at this capacity that we're breaking on our seams. This house house is full with uh, some empty, empty seats in the front because some of the pastors don't up on Tang Church, you know, I know. But anyway... <laughs> <laughs> but we are, we're breaking in our seams, uh, you know, and uh, we have a Boogie's campus. Do you know that we, had five, we have five services currently in the Bible house? Did you know that? Five services in the Bible house. We have services at the Boogie's. We have services at the Katong sh uh, Shopping Centre. We have services here. We have services downstairs. We have services in the Telegu congregation in Jurong. We've got services in so many places that's going on. And it's just ridiculous. I mean, we're renting so many uh, facilities right now. Uh, we have a service in Little India as well. Come on, Shanda. All right, so, uh, so with the loss of values, the social order of the colony starts to disintegrate. And we must not allow this to happen in Cornerstone. No matter what happens, we must not allow this to happen in this church. The ministry of the church cannot be compromised because of inadequate space. Amen. And I just want to go on record to say that I think that this auditorium is probably one of the most utilized auditoriums. This week, we, we had uh, the Festival of Praise, right? We had uh, somebody from Hillsong come and lead the worship. Uh, you know, this, every week there's something going on, there are meetings going on here, because when we bought this place, we didn't want it to be a white elephant. Amen. The second thing is, um, the second scriptural justification for physical expansion is when you step out in faith because you have a preceding word from the Lord of a coming increase. 1995, July, we were at the World Trade Center. The World Trade Center is in Pasipanjang. It was in the West. That was only temporary because the promised land is in the East. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, there's a, I, I think that the next uh, sale of site is going to happen in Tampanese or Pasiris. And I know that that's a wonderful place, but ladies and gentlemen, Bado is the promised land. 1995, I was in the, we were at the World Trade Center Auditorium. In July, I was preaching one Sunday morning. The word of the Lord comes to me, almost like an audible voice, never happened before in my life. And the Holy Spirit said to me so clearly, I'm going to give you a new building. We were moving from one facility to another facility. 18 months passed, you know, we purchased the, this nightclub. I remember walking it for the first time. There was no, um, we didn't, we were not asking anybody. An agent just called me out of the blue. He says, Pastor Young, there's a nightclub for sale. Would you want to come and see it? I said, sure. So I walked into this uh, auditorium, this auditorium. I saw the cages where the girls would dance almost without any clothes on and all these gargoyles and demon demonic creatures all over the walls. And the moment I stepped in, the Holy Spirit said, this is the place I have for you. Hallelujah. Shun. Took my breath away. Amen. It was so, it was so amazing. Hallelujah. <laughs> and the, the DJ was here. He says, Pastor, I'm going to show you the sound system. Wow. And then we had this uh, crystal light bulb. We gave that to Pastor Lip. He wanted it to... <laughs> 
And so we bought this place and, uh, you know, but it, I had a word of the Lord and we're now sensing again this the, the word of the Lord coming to us. Enlarge the place of your tent. I'm about to bless you. I'm about to increase you. And more than that, God has chosen this congregation, I believe, for a move of God. How many of you believe in revival? It's coming. And how many of you believe God is going to do something in this house? We must be convinced that revival is the will of God for us. We cannot fall between two omidians. Do you want to see revival? Yes or no? Do you want to host the presence of God? Yes or no? If the answer is yes, then do not vacillate between two opinions, amen. Because preparation, I believe, is a big thing with God. Why would He send revival if you're doing nothing to prepare yourself for the revival that is coming? The early church had 120 people on the day of Pentecost. By evening, they had 3,120 people. If you're not prepared for that, you're gonna lose the harvest, come on. The third scriptural basis for expansion is God is, is moved to answer the cry of the leaders and the congregation for enlargement, this is a pull factor. One of the great prayers, and I wanna encourage you to pray this prayer as often as you can, daily if possible, the prayer of Jabez. Jabez was a very obscure personality. He's only mentioned once in the Bible. And uh, his prayer is recorded in the Bible because the Bible tells us that his prayer pleased the Lord. It must have pleased the Lord, and it, so it's recorded. It was a five-point prayer. It was a marvelous prayer. And it says, Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, Oh God, that you would bless me. Hallelujah. How many of you get up in the morning? God bless me. Hallelujah. Amen. This word bless me indeed. The word indeed is an, it's an extravagant word. It's a superlative and it means bless me big. Hallelujah. Lord, don't bless me small. Bless me big. When you are asking God to bless you, ask for a big blessing. Amen. Amen. Don't think small, hallelujah, because your God is more than able. And then he says, enlarge my territory. These are the first two points of prayer that I want to focus on. The third prayer is that your hand will be upon me. Keep me from evil for prayer. Fifth prayer that I will not cause pain. But these first two prayers, bless me and enlarge my territory. The wonderful thing is God heard the prayer and granted Jabez what he required. He requested for expansion and enlargement are things You've got to ask God for. You've got to believe God for. Don't be satisfied in your small little world. Ask God to bless you. Ask God to bless your family. Ask God to bless your business, amen. Many people are just contented with what they've got. And I'm not talking about wealth and prosperity. Those things everybody wants more, right? But hear what the Lord is saying. I want you to ask me for a greater inheritance. I want you to ask me for spiritual gifts. I want you to ask me for spiritual power. I want you to ask me for visions. Listen, He wants to give you more than you desire, hallelujah. And I tell you, each time the people of God are constrained by space, that's a direct result of God's blessings and they approach God about it, God would Himself undertake for them. Check your borders, defend your borders, but ladies and gentlemen, don't stop there. Ask God to enlarge your borders. Amen. Amen. Number four, and I close with this. When God loves a place because of the sacrifices made upon its altar and He wants it redeemed. In 2011, we went to the, the nation of Wales, walked into the Bible College of Wales. The Holy Spirit comes upon me and upon my people. 
And the Holy Spirit said, I want you to redeem this Bible college for me. In 2012, we purchased the Bible college of Wells. In 2015, we inaugurated it. Lou Angle was here. Dutch Sheets came. J. John, all our friends came from around the world to help us inaugurate the Bible college of Wales. It was a grand day. Today, 15 cohorts of students have graduated. And I tell you, there's something beautiful about the Bible college of Wales. If you've never been there before, you need to come. The, the, the atmosphere is thin. The presence of God is strong. And there's still a residue of the, of the great Welsh revival in that place and that's why I love to go there because I get dreams and God speaks to me in ways that I've never heard there's clarity of vision clarity of the word that comes and you all should spend maybe a week there just crying out and say God speak to me I want to hear from you Amen God loves that place I tell you this and there are other places that God is going to call us to redeem as well because He has chosen the place in Psalm 78 you'll find that God chooses the tribe He chooses a place and He chooses the people, a man. And uh, he says, I rejected the tribe of Joseph, which is, the, by the way, the biggest, most prestigious tribe in Israel, but in terms of numbers. And uh, sometimes we think that God is drawn to the biggest, not necessarily true. And then he chooses, he chose the tribe of Judah. He says, but I choose the tribe of Judah. Then he says, I choose Zion, chose a place. And he says, I chose David, I chose a man. And this is how God does it. He has chosen Cornerstone. Hallelujah. I believe this. He's chosen this place. He's chosen the Bible College of Wales. And He chooses the leadership as well. Amen. Amen. I'll close with Genesis 22. Abraham is um, commanded by God to bring his son to a place that the Lord says, I'll show you. Three-day journey brought him to the foot of Mount Moriah. God says, this is the place. He takes his son up, Isaac, to the mountain. The son's carrying the wood. He's a very observant boy. He says, Dad, I, I, I carry the wood. I see the fire, but where's the sacrifice? And, and, and Abraham says, the Lord will provide the sacrifice. They go up to the mountain. Isaac must have been a strong young man at the age. He could have easily overpowered his father. But when the father binds him, he acquiesces and he allows the father to do that. He takes a knife and is about to plunge it in, in Isaac's heart when the angel of the Lord says, now I know. Stop. Now I know. It provides a lamb for the offering, uh, for the sacrifice, and revealed the name of the Lord, Jehovah Jireh. This was the very same spot, 1,700 years later, where Jesus would give his life a ransom for many. God chose that place. And David, King David, was commanded by God to buy the threshing floor of Onan, the place where Jesus Christ would give his life, a, a ransom and a propitiation for our sin. God chooses people, He chooses congregations, He also chooses places. I want you to stand up with me because I want you to join with me in prayer. There are two things I want to do today. I want to decree over this people the anointing for increase and enlargement. I believe with all my heart that this is the prayer that God has called me to pray today, to pray over you and to decree over you. And the Bible says that if we decree a thing, it shall be, it shall be established. Hallelujah. And I want to decree over you today the anointing for increase, whether you're a business owner, whether you work in a company, you know, um, it, God wants to bless you. He wants to prosper you. He wants to increase you. But don't stop there. We're not just being blessed individually. We want to be blessed corporately as well. We want to see our church being blessed. We want to see 
see properties being given. Hallelujah. We want to see increase. So will you lift up your hands because I want to pray a prayer of faith over you right now. Shika baba monda rabandehi seba rindo sanda barande shika raba. Come on, if you're praying tongues, just pray in the spirit right now because we are believing God to see a breakthrough here in this place. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we come before you and we thank you, Lord, for this congregation. Lord, you will raise this people up. You have chosen them, Lord. There's a tribal anointing, a wonderful tribal anointing of the tribe of Judah over this house, Lord. And I thank you, God, that you are going to cause increase to come. So I decree and declare over this house, increase in the name of Jesus. The Lord bless you and favor you. And the Lord prosper you in all your ways. Father, I pray that all the businesses in Cornerstone increase, hallelujah. I pray for them in their jobs. Increase, hallelujah. I pray in their families. Increase, hallelujah. Lord, you will increase the joy. You will increase your favor. You will increase your blessings. For you are the God of increase, hallelujah. You are the God of abundance. And I trust you, Lord, that you are going to provide for us. You are going to bless us beyond our wildest imaginations. Karaba. Lord, I also stand here in prayer of agreement with the church, Lord. And we say to you, Lord, the place we are in is too small, Lord. We need a larger place, Lord. You said to the tribe of Joseph, Lord, when they came to Joshua in the division of the land, Lord, they said, we're, we're trouble. We don't have enough space. And Joshua said, go, take the mountains. It's yours. Fight for it, hallelujah. Fight for it. It's yours, hallelujah. And so, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would enlarge our tent here in Cornerstone. You have a place for us, Lord. A third campus. I don't know where it is, but you know, and I pray that you'll make it clear to us supernaturally, Lord. Like how we got this building, Lord. Supernaturally, 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 Lord. What we've been praying for, Lord, I pray manifests in the physical. Hallelujah. Lord, just grant to us what our heart's desire is, Lord. Come on, just, just for a few more moments before we close in prayer. Just speak the blessings of God over your family right now. you got to just proclaim, Lord, bless me, hallelujah. Enlarge my territory. Let your hand be upon me. Keep me from evil. Let me not be a cause of pain, hallelujah. Ask the Lord to bless you. Ask the Lord to enlarge you. Ask the favor of God to come upon you. Come on, you got to pray, hallelujah. You got to get hungry for this. If I, I can't get hungry for you, you got to get hungry, hallelujah, for the things of God. Hallelujah, Jesus, 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 Jesus. You've just listened to a production of Cornerstone Community Church. Please note that all unauthorized reproduction, distribution, or sale of the recording is prohibited. For permission to reproduce or distribute the sermon, please write into mail at cscc.org.sg. We hope that you have been blessed.